This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Father's Day, everybody. We're so glad to be here with you today. Hope you're having a great uh, start off to the week. And uh, ironically, we're going to be finishing off our Mama Always Says series on Father's Day. So we thought we would change it to Dad Always Says. And so if you uh, haven't been with us or if you, this is kind of your first week here uh, for this series, we started this series right around Mother's Day and we were uh, just kind of talking about all of the wisdom that our moms have given us over the years. And we, we realized that uh, at least the good wisdom that our moms give us uh, comes from the Bible. And so we said, let's do kind of a, a wisdom series and walk through some uh, different wisdom that we see in the scriptures. And so we started off here in, well, we decided to walk through the book of Proverbs and kind of look at some of the major themes in Proverbs and see what kind of wisdom we could, uh, we could gain. And so um, on Father's Day, we're just going to keep on chasing this wisdom and we're going we're gonna to finish off this series today with wisdom that dad always says. And, uh, you know, it's not Father's Day if you don't have some good dad jokes. Am I right? So I'm going to need you guys to make sure you laugh at all of my jokes today really hard, okay? All right? I'm a dad. It's Father's Day. You got to do this for me, okay? It's your commitment to me that you will laugh at my jokes, okay? So I have a couple good dad jokes for us to kick us off just to uh, get you going, you know, get you, get you in a good mood for some laughing. So here we go. Uh, if you know the answer, don't shout it out. It will ruin it for me. All right. How does a penguin build his house? Thank you. It glues it together. It glues, it glues, it glues it together. All right. Um, this one is, I think it's hilarious, but it'll take you a second. My wife is really mad at the fact that I have no sense of direction, so I picked up all my stuff and write. You get it? That left, he didn't let, he picked up my stuff and left. He picked up some right because he had best sense of direction. There you go. There you get it. All right, all right, all right. It was like I could see you guys like tracking along with me. All right, here you go. What do you call an elephant that doesn't matter? Irrelevant. <laughs> Some of y'all are laughing too hard at these. They're not that funny. All right. What do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. He's an Italian noodle. And this is my favorite one. Um, I ordered a chicken and an egg on Amazon. I'll let you know which one comes first. All right. So here we are, Father's Day. We're going to keep on chasing that wisdom. And uh, if, if you've been tracking along with us, our, our theme verse for this series has been Proverbs 4, 7. And it says this, wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. And whatever else you get, get understanding. So uh, the writer of Proverbs tells us that proverb, or that wisdom seems to be very, very important. So we said, we're going to chase after this. We're going to seek this. And we're going to ask God throughout this series, kind of what we've been asking every week, is that as we take the things that we see in Proverbs, apply it to our lives, we follow it in our lives, that God would make us wise followers of Jesus. So that's where we are as we, we close out, that God would make us wise followers of of Jesus. And I think that this is probably, at least in my own heart, one of the most important talks that we're going to have through this series, um, especially on Father's Day. Uh, I, I think it fits really well with where we are at, at on Father's Day. Uh, the series title or the, the title of the message today is The Words of the Wise. The Words of the Wise. I, I, I don't think that 
um, I think that this is one of the most important things that we could talk about through this series. And, and I think we all probably know uh, that, especially in the Bible, words have uh, a, very, a lot of meaning. They can be very powerful. Um, we, we see them be very powerful. Like, for example, we see God as he spoke the universe into existence, right? Like he was like light. And guess what happened? Light, right? Like he spoke the universe into existence. We see from our lips, the Bible tells us from our lips with our words to praise and worship God with the words of our mouths and the scriptures. We see books of poetry like Psalms where they write words of adoration to God. We see in the book of James in the New Testament how James tells us that although the tongue is this tiny little thing, it's small in stature, yet it controls your entire body. It it may be this tiny thing, it's the most powerful part of your body. And so I think that as we talk about wisdom, I think how we speak is going to be pretty important to our wisdom. And, and, and we know, okay, we see it in the scriptures, but we've also probably seen this truth live out practically in our own lives, right? Like we know that the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How many of us know that's a lie? right? That's, that's an absolute lie. Like words do hurt. And I don't know, maybe there's someone in here and you're like, man, I don't care what people say about me. I don't, care what, I don't care what people think about me, what they say about me. Well, you're a liar. And if you just got mad at what I said, you proved my point. It's a no-lose situation for me, right? Because either you really don't care or you prove that the preacher maybe knows a little bit about what he's talking about, right? We've seen things like bullying. We've seen things like verbal abuse. We've seen things like criticism cause pain and scars and resentment, things that leave marks, not just for weeks, but literally, we can. We all probably, we wouldn't want to admit this, but we all probably remember things that were spoken to us even as children that have stuck with us till today. And what I would say to us is that the words that we use are going to leave a lasting imprint on people around us, whether for good or for bad. And the words that we use are either going to be words that as Christians honor Jesus or are an embarrassment to Jesus. And I've never realized in my own life, if I, you know, just to be honest with you guys, how powerful and important my own words were uh, up until really I had these two major events in my life. One was getting married, and then the second one was having kids. And I watched as the words that I spoke to these precious people in my life as a husband, as a father, how they, they would shape them and how they would uh, even control how they maybe felt about themselves, self-esteem and emotions. And, and what I would say that is that God cares deeply about the words that we use as Christian men and women and the effects of the words that we use on other people in our lives. And what we're going to see throughout Proverbs, if you've been reading along in Proverbs with us, is that it contains a lot of verses about the words of the wise. And not only that, it contrasts a lot the, the words of the wise with the, the words of the fool. Like if you've been with us, you've seen we've talked about the, the, the Proverbs talks about four types of people, the simple, the fool, the mocker, and the wise. And it's going to contrast a lot and say there's a difference between the words the wise person speaks and the words that the fool speaks. The wise and the fool sound different. And so today we're going to look at some of the things that the Bible says that we should be speaking out of our lives, the results of the things that we say, should, what they should, how they should impact other people. And, and I'm going to ask us from the beginning for you to kind of just make a pact with me <laughs> that you would do some introspection on your own heart today. 
that as we talk about this, that you would look at your own heart, look at your own words, especially, and this is for everybody, but especially on Father's Day, I would challenge the dads to take this, consider it, consider the words of your mouths, consider the effects that the words of your mouth would have on your children, on your spouse, on people around you. And consider that perhaps the words that we use could even have an eternal impact on the people around us. And I know this to be true in my own life because I can think of to this day words that my own father has said to me and how they've impacted my life. Words of love spoken when I didn't deserve love. And I could give you a lot of examples of when I didn't deserve love, right? Words of encouragement when I was down. Words of belief when I didn't believe in myself. And what I would say today is if you, if you don't get anything else when you leave, remember this, that your words matter. Your words matter. So let's look at a couple things that we're going to see in Proverbs. And, and, and I'm going to give you just a few things. And I'm going, to, I'm going to show you really the effects that our words should have on other people. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of things in Proverbs that says the wise do this, the wise do this, the wise do this, the wise do this with their words. And then there's a whole other thing where it says, and then the effects of those words, the effects of following those words is this. And I really want you to see that. All right, so the first thing we see, uh, the words of the wise. Number one, the wise know when to speak. The wise know when to speak. If you got your worship guide this morning, that's your first blank right there. The wise know when to speak. Proverbs 15, 28 says, the mind of the righteous person thinks before answering. Any of us ever have a problem with that? Man, I do it a lot on this stage, right? Am I right? Like sometimes things are here and it, it's out. I'm like, I mm, wish I could have that back, All right? Some of you are like, yeah, listen to last week's message, Mike. All right, Proverbs 25, 11, a word spoken at the right time is like gold apples on a silver tray. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Gold apples on a silver tray. See, something that's important about the wise is the wise know when to speak up and the wise know when to shut up, right? They know when to speak up, they know when to shut up. And sometimes knowing when to speak is just as important as what you say. Because some, you can say the same thing, literally the same word at different times. And at one time it's received well, it works. At other times it's like, I'm going to kill you, right? Timing matters. Our son uh, Gideon, it's his third birthday today. So if you see him, tell him happy birthday. He may or, not speak back, he may, or may not speak back to you, but tell me ways he'd like it. And uh, these days as a you know, young three-year-old man, we've been working a lot on his temper, that's been kind of a that's been kind of a thing. Like like you, you know, if you tell him something that he doesn't like, like he uh, he has a tendency to act, you know, like a three year old. <laughs> and so, anyways, one thing Katie's been working on with him a lot is getting him to like reset himself. So when he's about to get mad, get angry, step back and count to five and take a deep breath. And so sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But what's really it's it's actually really cute. He'll go one, two, three, four, five. <gasps> It's really sweet when it works. Other times he's like, no, and you're like, um, anyways, in your heart, I don't actually do that. Um, but like the other day, we were at my mom and dad's house and just hanging out. He loved my brother. They were playing together. And my brother said something or I said something that he didn't like. And he just walked out of the room and we hear one, two, three, four, five. And my, my brother's like, what is he doing? Like learning how to cope with life as a three-year-old man is tough, right? Right. Sometimes before we speak, we got to take that deep breath, don't we? Like we, we got to count to five and consider the, the throw up that might be about to come out of our mouths, right? We've all probably experienced it when people have said something at the wrong time, but we've also probably had times where we've had somebody say something to us just at the right time, right? Just at the right time. 
I, as a pastor, I've been in situations where I just need to be there. I didn't need to say anything. I didn't need to give any wisdom. I, I just needed to be in the room. There's other times somebody really need me to say something to help them out, right? I've also had experiences where someone wouldn't shut up and they kept running their mouths and gave awful advice that ended up being disastrous, right? The wise, the Bible says, consider what they say, speak it at the right time. And something we need to understand is that if we speak out of emotion or oftentimes our initial reaction where there's no filter without weighing what we say and saying it appropriately, our words are going to be wasted, they're going to be hurtful, and they're not going to be helpful or wise. And so we need to be careful. Another thing we see that the Bible says the wise do, let's read Proverbs fifteen seven. It says, the lips of the wise broadcast knowledge but not so to the heart of fools. Proverbs 12, 17 to 18 says, whoever speaks the truth declares what is right, but a false witness deceit. See, the second thing we see Proverbs say about the wise is that the wise speak the truth. The wise speak the truth. And there's a couple levels of this, you know, speaking the truth, like regardless of what culture says or whatever the climate is or what's popular, the crowd says, the wise kind of stay firm in our foundation of what truth is. But secondly, I think it's having people in your lives who will speak truth into your lives, regardless of, of what you really want to hear, right? The wise are, are, are that person that can come into your life and talk to you and give you good wisdom, good advice, and not like the, I'm just saying this because I love you, but they really want to, mm, Right? but really because they love you to come and help you, right? I, I, the people who can have honest conversations, who you can trust with your sanctification, you can trust with your growth as a Christian. We need people like that. The wise who speak with integrity. The wise speak with truth. And I think it's wise of us to have people like that in our circle of friends, circle of influence, who can help sanctify us and grow us and will speak the truth in love to us. And if you look at Proverbs, there's things just like this over and over and over again. I mean, they speak with truth. It says that, like, it says the, the words of the wise turn away anger. The words of the wise give wisdom. The words of the wise think before they speak. They don't gossip. They have understanding. The, the wise give grace with their words. The wise are slow to anger with their words. <laughs> I love this one. It says the, the wise keep his soul from trouble by speaking wisely. And I could give you this list over and over and over again and tell you what we should do, what we should say, how we should say it. But I also want you to understand why this works. Like, I, I want you to understand that if you do this, if you, you seek this out and you say, okay, I'm going to be someone who, with my words, tries to give wisdom. I'm, I'm going to be someone with my words who thinks before I speak. I'm going to be someone with my words who doesn't gossip, who gives grace, who is slow to anger. I, I want you to see what the Bible says will be the effects of that. Does that make sense? Uh, as we do this, you go, okay, Mike, you, I can do that, I can do that. But I want you to see why. I want you to see why. This last week, I've, or last couple of weeks, I've been going to the doctor because jacked up my back, getting kind of old. I'm kind of an old man now. Um, nobody disagreed with me. Nobody was like, no, nah, Mike. Everybody's like, been bald since 18, Mike. Is he catching up to you? Um, so I've been going to the doctor for my back, and as after we went, they kind of was give, he gave me some instructions on here's some exercises that you can do when you leave, and I, and I just asked him I said so how many people actually do these exercises like not that I'm not going to do I'm going to do them but just just curious and his response was not as many as I would like, which was kind of a non-answer don't you love it when somebody does that non-answer, um, and he said but. What I want is to tell them why they need to do the exercises. I want them to understand that if they do the exercise, they will find healing, right? They will get better. And so if they, if they follow these instructions, I want them to see what will happen. 
And so this is kind of what I want to do with you guys today. I gave you those first couple, gave you the list. I want you to see if you do this with your life, what could be the results? So I want to show you why speaking as the wise matters. Proverbs 10, 11, and this is, this is pretty cool. Proverbs 10, 11 says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. So if we speak with wisdom, if we speak with truth, if we speak at the right time, if we, if we do all these things, it says the mouth of the righteous, the wise, it's going to become this fountain of life. And I love that the author of Proverbs uses this term fountain of life, because if you look at the world all of around us, you see that water is absolutely essential to life. Absolutely essential to life. As a matter of fact, if you look at the ancient world, when this would have been written, you have cities and nations founded around rivers and oceans and things like this because water and having this fountain was so crucial to sustaining life. And if you, maybe you have a different translation. This is, we use the HCSB. Maybe you have a different translation. A lot of different places translate this as a well of life that the words of the wise, the words of the righteous become a well of life. And I love that too. I was gonna say as well, but that kind of works too much together. I love that too, because what you see in ancient times is they would dig out a well and they would establish this whole city around the well. And it was the place where the people of the town would come and get water for all of their needs for life, right? It'd be the place where they would come for their bathing water, their drinking water, their cooking for their animals, right? For their livestock. And it became this focal point of this whole city. And people would come to it, not just to get what they needed, but also it became this this social center of the city. Like people would come together and as they're getting their water in the mornings, they'd hang out and talk kind of like, you know, at work, the water cooler, right? (laughs) Thousands of years go by, but we stay the same, don't we, right? (laughs) We stay the same, right? And it becomes this place of life and what we see with the words of the righteous and the words of the wise is that your words, if you do these things that Proverbs tells you, your words have the potential to bring life to people around you, to bring life to people around you. And just like last week where we saw how the words of the wise, really one of the greatest things of the wise is the impact and the effect that you have on people around you. It's the same thing here. Any of us ever been around people who just seem to bring life to the room? Maybe not just the room, but to you, right? And I'm not talking about a personality, right? Because I say that and you're like, oh, yeah, those super extroverted people are like, hey, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing, right? And everybody's like, yeah, life is great. Those people are awesome too. I'm not one of those people. I'm a very depressing person to be around. (laughs) (laughs) But those people that you just spend time with and because of the words they speak, you feel encouraged, because of the words they speak into your life, you find joy. You, like, you're just a little bit lighter. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says the words of the, the, the wise, the words of the righteous are like that to you. There's a big difference between life-giving and life-sucking. The words of the wise have the ability to bring life. What if you, with your words, could bring life to your circle of influence? You say circle of influence, your family, your kids, your friends, your work. The words that you speak could breathe life to them. What if, and I, I know this is church, but I may be getting crazy here. What if the words that you spoke brought, brought people closer to Jesus because you spoke life into them? You say, so I got to walk up and be like, you need to get saved. Here's my Bible, right? 
I mean, you could try it. <laughs> but more like you're just an encouraging person to be around. You're a positive person to be around. You speak words of encouragement. You speak words of influence. You, 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 you speak, how about this one? Gratefulness. And when people go, great, you're so grateful. You're so encouraging. You're so, you, just, you just breathe life into me. You, just, you go, why? Man, I'm just Jesus, man. Maybe that's far-fetching, right? Maybe you think I'm being too spiritual, but I think the words that we speak are spiritual. Let me show you something pretty cool here, actually. Because the, the word here that they use for life, remember the, the Old Testament is mostly written in Hebrew. The, the Hebrew word that they use here for life is the same word that they use in the Hebrew language when they speak of God breathing life into creation. Genesis 2.7 says, Then the Lord God formed man out of dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And man became a living being. It's also the same word that they used in the New Testament when Jesus says to us in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. Jesus told him, No one who comes before me will ever be hungry. No one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. So for context... Three examples in the scriptures of this being used is when God created mankind and breathed a soul and life into you. When Jesus said, I am the bread of life, meaning salvation for mankind, you come to me and you'll never thirst or be hungry again. And when it says with the words that you speak, you have the ability to breathe life. Do you think I'm being too spiritual with our words today? I think the words that we use matter. I think the words of the wise could have power behind them. I think the words of the wise could bring life to their circle. I think that with the words that you speak, you have the potential and the ability to change someone's life. And it may not be like a boom, everything's different. But it could be gradual over time, over time, over time, over time. And you know what? Those are the changes that stick. Right? Like all of us have been like, I'm working out. Go to the gym. I'm so sore. I'm never going back. You know what I'm talking about? Like in the gym, eight hours. Ah! That's me lifting weights in case you didn't know. Right? Just, just a thought, man. Just a thought. The second thing we see the Proverbs says is the result of the mouth of the wise is this. Proverbs 12, 18. There's one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings... Healing. The words of the wise bring healing. So, so the words of the righteous, and I'm going to say wise there as well, bring life. The words of the wives have the potential to bring healing. I don't know about you guys, but this seems like some pretty serious and powerful stuff. Now, we've all seen people who use their words, like it says, the, 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 those who speak rashly like a piercing sword. We've all seen that, right? We've all experienced that, like mm, those gut shots, right? And it's not like, oh yeah, cool, you have a sword. It's like, no, you're a jerk and nobody likes you, right? Like, but the words of the wise, not spoken rashly, not used like a sword or a weapon, the words of the wise have the potential to bring healing to a broken situation. Those who speak with words that turn away anger. Those who speak with words that give wisdom. Those who think before they speak. Those who don't gossip, 
Easy, right? Those who don't gossip, those who have understanding, those who give grace with their words, those who are slow to anger. All these things are what the Bible says in Proverbs. This is how the wise should speak, right? I can give you all the verses later if you want. See me, I'll, find, I'll give them to you, right? So if you do that, the result could be healing in people's lives around you. Healing in the word the lives around you. I, I, I saw this played out um, in a book that I read uh, of an example of how this could be for fathers, okay? And I want to share that with you. Uh, as a matter of fact, this book right here, 52 Things Kids Need From Their Dad, Ryan Ragsdale, who uh, leads one of our men's community groups and also leads worship, get big out with the beard up here on stage, bald like me, better beard than me, um, much grayer beard than me. Um, he actually recommended this book to our group, and so I picked up and read it, and in here, um, it had said something amazing. There, there was one that was so amazing to me. And it's all about our words, especially for dads. And so I'm going to read this from the context of a dad, but this is really for all of us. It says, um, kids need their dads to not yell about spilled milk. And I'm going to read it to you. Um, normally I would tell the story, but this says it a lot better. He says, accidents happen. Kids spill their milk. And guess what? They know they messed up. They're already sorry. Yelling at them will not improve the situation. Yelling will only make it worse. And when the milk glass tumbles, your best course of action is to throw the napkins at the spill, make efficient use about with something absorbent, and keep repeating to your children, it's no problem, it's no problem. And after the dining room settles down, there are, diff- there are several courses of actions to take. Certainly, you may want to reassess the size and shape of the cup you use. You may want to quietly pour smaller portions for a while. Notice how that kind of comes back on us, right? right? That's interesting, isn't it? But what you don't want to do is make a big, serious deal about it because accidents happen. Laughing it off is actually a pretty wise option. During the entire decade of the 90s, my wife regularly threatened the boys with charm school. And an excellent dad response would be to recall an embarrassing moment in your own life when you dipped your tie in the gravy boat, tucked your table, the tablecloth into your pants, and pulled the entire table setting onto your lap. Or hey, even make something up if you have to. I don't recommend that. We don't believe in lying. More, the more outlandish, the better then let them know you still expect them to be a little bit more careful. We want our kids to believe that when something bad happens, dad can make it better. If it's something minor like spilled milk, dad will make it go away. If it's more serious, dad will help fix it, tow it, restore it, minimize the damage, or stand beside me as I face the music. Yes, there will be repercussions if damage was done. Dad's not going to let me get away without paying some kind of a price, but I trust him. Dad will provide a voice of reason and bring calm to the storm. Unfortunately, some dads rage when their kids mess up, and it begins with yelling, what's wrong with you? After a glass tips at the dinner table, and it just gets worse. Raging is counterproductive, and it drives the culprit away. Right? Word spoken rashly like a piercing sword. It drives the culprit away and it reinforces the idea that bringing a problem to dad is a bad idea and it's just going to make things worse. And you know what happens then? The next time there's a mess that needs straightening up, dad never finds out. Does that sound like a good thing? It most definitely is not. And until your children are well into adulthood, your most important job is to guide them through the dark tunnels and thorny paths of life. It begins with small things. Spilled milk, no problem. Broken windshield, let's head to the hardware store. I broke like hundreds of windshields in my parents' house. 
And my dad just fixed them and just loved me right on through it, man. A crack in mom's favorite vase, let's go tell her together. Then it gets more complex. The older kid at the bus stop is picking on me. Your son slammed the cat in the car door. <laughs> Oops. He's getting a D in algebra. She rolls the Volkswagen onto the roof of the highway exit ramp during the early morning delivery job. Her, his girlfriend broke his heart. Kids of any age need to, be, need to be able to pick up the phone and call dad. And when you get that call, dad, be thankful because they could have called somebody else, but you have earned their trust. They know you will rise to the occasion and be the dad. And maybe later you'll deliver a short lecture, insist on an apology, require financial restitution. But for now, you are the hero of the moment. And with all serious life challenges that lie ahead of your kids, doesn't it seem trivial to raise your voice over some spilled milk? When faced with any problem at any time, you need to be able to say our words, I love you. It'll be okay. Let's get through this together healing words. Can you do that? Do you have the courage to admit or commit to that response no matter what? What will be your response when you hear these statements? Dad, I wrecked the car. Dad, I'm dropping out of school. Dad, I'm at the police station. Dad, I'm pregnant. Dad, my girlfriend's pregnant. Yes, we need to get all the facts. Yes, we need to make sure the punishment fits the crime. Yes, you need to help make sure short-term needs are met. But the core message of how we respond needs to be, I love you, it'll be okay, and we'll get through this together. Words of healing. See, the words of the wise are words that bring healing. And it's not just for the moment. Those words have long-term implications, don't you see? And this isn't just for the dads. This is for all of us. Words like, I forgive you. I understand. I hear you. Jesus loves you. (laughs) And some of the best words that can be spoken in those moments are the words that are unexpected in those moments. When I was a youth pastor, um, (laughs) there was a kid who was there. It was his first time ever being at youth group. And so he's there at youth group for the first time. And, And back when I was a youth pastor, we had this gym and it was crazy. Anybody ever been in a youth group when it's crazy? There's like balls flying everywhere. Like it's just madness, screaming, yelling, just chaos. And uh, I'm, I'm in there and out of nowhere, this volleyball comes and just boom in my face. Like just like the slow motion, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like that thing. It was bad. And so that happens and I'm a little bit concussed and not sure what's happening. And I look over and I see this teenager who is scared to death. He's like 13 years old and he's like, and I just kind of laughed and I was like, it's all good, man. Keep going. And just went on. Didn't think anything of it. And then a few weeks later, he kept coming back to youth group, coming back. And what I didn't tell you is I'd been trying to get him to come to youth group. And so he keeps coming back. And a couple weeks later, his mom comes up to me and she's like, Mike, she's like, man, my son told me, he said, he got home that day from church. And first thing he said was, you will not believe what happened at youth group today. And I hit the pastor, hear these words, I hit the pastor in the face with a ball and he didn't yell at me. What you don't know about the situation is that his dad was a jerk. That his dad yelled at him for a lot less than spilled milk. That his dad was abusive and a drunk. And the only thing he really knew about a male authority figure was that if I screw up, they're going to be on me. 
And so literally something as little as not yelling, <laughs> choosing my words carefully, changed the course of his life. Like he became a Christian. He's an awesome young man. And never have I been so happy to be hit in the face with a ball. You guys try that here. It might be different, okay? But the words of the wise bring healing. Proverbs 10.21 says this. I, I love this. It says, the lips of the righteous feed many. The lips of the righteous feed many. But a fool die, but a, but fools die for lack of sense. Think about that. That's, that's not about your words even helping yourself. That's the result of your words on others. The lips of the righteous feed many. Your words can bring life. Your words can heal. Your words can feed those around you. I think this morning we should consider the words of our mouths. And so in a moment, we're going we're gonna to worship again. We're going to worship again. But I, I think ultimately the words of our mouths should lead to Jesus. And so what I, what I want us to do this morning is I want us to examine our mouths and examine as the band's going to come and we're going to sing, we're going to worship God one more time. I want you to just spend some time with Jesus and considering and thinking about your words. Have they brought healing? Have they brought life? Have they brought damage? Have they brought heartache? Maybe. And, and here's something you need to know. The words that you speak really have nothing else to do with what people speak to you. Does that make sense? It, it doesn't really matter what other people say to you. It doesn't matter what other people do to you. The words that we say are our control. And God cares about our responses. God cares about what we say. And so this morning, maybe you need to examine your words. Maybe this morning, maybe we need to... Maybe there's somebody that we need to apologize to for the way we've spoken to them. Maybe we need to go to somebody and repent and say, I'm sorry. And, and you know how, like, like maybe there could be healing in that situation. Maybe there could be life in that. And you know how it starts with you verbalizing, you saying, I'm sorry, forgive me. <laughs> Your words could bring healing right there. So I'm going to pray and we're going to worship God. And I just want you to meditate on the words of your heart. Okay, can we do that? Let's pray. God, I love you. Thank you for who you are, Jesus. God, there's nothing really more to say other than you care about the words of our mouths, God. Our words could bring life. Our words can bring healing. Our words could feed many around us, but the truth is our words can also bring destruction. Our words can also bring pain. Our words can also cause suffering that lasts for years and years and years, Jesus. And so this morning, I pray that you would sanctify our hearts. God, I pray that you would heal our hearts. This morning, I pray that you would mature us a little bit today, God. That we would examine our words, that we would see, yes, you tell us all the things that we should do with our mouths, all the things we should do with our mouths, but help us consider the end result, the results of our mouths, Jesus. And so today, I pray that, that we would be river, the River Church members and the community, the family of the River Church would be a group of people who with our words, who with our mouths bring life and joy and healing and hope to all who we encounter, Jesus. From the person that we get along with, great, who we love, that life's great with, with our closest friends, but also to the person that... that has hurt us, that's caused us pain, Jesus.
that our own words in that situation would be healing and hope-giving, God. And I pray that if we need to repent today, that we would. God, I pray that if we need to ask for forgiveness today, that we would. And that could be anybody. That could be a spouse. That could be a friend. That could be our children today, Jesus. Lord, we just, we just as we close out this series, we just want to make be wise followers of Jesus, God. Make us wise today, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray.